I did see him on TV, and he just looks like an adult child. I mean, he has that, like, I don't know if he Botoxes. He has not grown into his face, it's true. Not at all. He was so, wearing his big boy pants, but his face still stayed <laughs> so, age So eight. the embassy did not have a an impact on you. Did winning Eurovision have a bigger impact on the neighborhood? So much more. This is the Mideast Beast Podcast. I am your host, Molly Livingstone, here in Jerusalem. And joining us, as always, Alex Giles on the other side of the pond. Alex, good morning. Good morning. How are you? It's good. I heard you've had a rough start to your day. I have a terrible start to my day. I have a new computer. I forgot that I had not installed Skype on it. Uh, The battery had run out on my Mm. microphone. It's been a nightmare. These things come in threes. So I'm expecting, <laughs> real, a, I'm, real expecting tragedy. A from, yeah, I'm expecting a tweet from Trump any moment saying he's declared war on Korea or something. So that's going to be my third. Oh, that's really the equivalent of computer dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's next. all going to go downhill is what I'm saying in a big and scary way. Right. For me, you know, I'm just trying to stay calm, stay alive, not have my computer stay alive. But, you know, just in general, I don't know what's about to come. As you know... I live in the neighborhood that now has the U.S. Embassy. Did you go and wave at Trump's daughter as she went past? Did you sort of wave a little American flag? I really have to be honest with you. I know that on TV it looked like this huge, magnificent event. I rode the bus. I got off the bus, um, the bus stop that I get off at, where I can see the embassy. And it was total silence as though nothing had ever changed. Nobody around. There were a few reporters on the grass kind of cutting together footage Mm -hmm. but really like it is amazing this wag the dog spectacle because (laughs) on tv it is massive and it makes me really curious if i can literally see the u.s embassy and it looks like nothing is happening and then you're also watching what's going on in gaza and i really also wonder is it really as dramatic is it real Or is there some kind of a blue screen, green screen effect happening and they yell cut at the end of the show? I don't know. You're getting a bit conspiracy theory. I know, I really am. I heard myself when I said it. Have you been going to those flat earth meetings I've been telling you not to go to? I started there, but I sort of like moved into the square earth meetings because that's just a whole different realm of fun. Well, the the latest thing on flat earth, by the way, uh, just just to interrupt very quickly, because I've been following this and they've they've, they've had their latest meeting here in the UK. Of course they did. To explain how you don't fall off the edge, because that's what would happen in a flat earth scenario. You know, if you kept on going off the edge, yeah. Their explanation, one of their explanations is it's a bit like Pac-Man where when you go off one side of the screen, you're teleported to the other side of the screen. And that's what happens to stop you falling off. But anyway, I digress. I'm just so glad. The- Some people have so much time. Mm. You know, I don't have time to think like that. I just got to make it from one side to the other. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I do it. Have they I messed mean, with your bus routes? Honestly, <laughs> I guess yes. But we have had so many different days of there was like an Italian famous bike ride event and they closed down all the streets and then of course the day before the day before the opening of the embassy was jerusalem day which is the day of the reunification of east and west jerusalem coming together as the capital which obviously israel is always considered jerusalem as the capital 
It's only now that the U.S. is recognizing that as well, which made South Africa want to pack up and leave. But other embassies rethinking that they will move here. Right now, they're based in Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. Now, fun fact, when CNN reported about the embassy, they talked about my neighborhood and they called it unremarkable. How (laughs) dare you? How dare you? This is a fantastic neighborhood. It's full of people doing interesting things. At any time of the day, we've had, you know, a rapery. That was a bakery where they rape people. We had a pizza place that was selling Coke, not out of the bottle, but, you know, in a line. Last year, we had two neighbors who got in a fight and one ended up cut up in pieces in the community garden. So you know what? This place has remarkable things happening all the time. And that's just the scratch of the surface. Have you written a letter to the ambassador pointing this out? Because that might give you an invite. You know, I wrote, no, I, I, this is, here's my thing. I don't actually want to be a part of this. And I'm wondering if there are a lot of Israelis who feel the same way. Now, I will say one thing. There is the soccer team here in Jerusalem, Beitar, and they are, you know, soccer fans, like you can imagine, also in England, very hardcore, mm-hmm. you know, soccer to our death and it's also known to be in my opinion and I think the opinion of others a somewhat racist team the team recently was going to have Muslims on the team Mm -hmm. and they torched a house okay there's no yeah there's no Arabs there's no Muslims and I think that the team you know they see it as Jerusalem brand and Jewish and they have this thing called La Familia Mm -hmm. and you can see sometimes spray painted around LF La Familia and that is you know, I assume Italian for the family mafia, and they're trying to say, you know, keep it in the family, only the Jews. And they renamed their team Betar Trump. <laughs> it's like legit. And also, they will be naming certain areas in Jerusalem with Trump. There'll be Trump Street, the new railway station to the old city will be called Trump. So that makes me physically ill. It makes my daughter ill. She's sick, actually, really throwing up. So I think she also has a bad taste in her mouth from this. And I just think I go through my Facebook feed, which is predominantly people here living in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. that I probably don't know because I'm just your Facebook friend. Nonetheless, I look at what people are writing and it's very back and forth. Some people feel, you know, disgraced by what's going on in Gaza and that innocent lives shouldn't be taken. And some people want to point out, Okay, if you say that's going on in Gaza, I'd like to know how many Arabs in East Jerusalem did the same thing today, rioted, attacked. And the truth is, at least on Monday, when the embassy became the embassy and Mm -hmm. over 50 people were killed in Gaza as they were marching to the border to retake Israel according to the plan of Hamas, which is a terrorist organization that runs Gaza. Mm -hmm. In Jerusalem, not a peep. I don't know if that's too quiet, you know, and they're planning something. But I think that, again, I said this in the beginning, most of us kind of just want to be not a part of it. I'd like it to just be You want to live in your unremarkable neighborhood. In my unremarkable neighborhood and... You know, I see Jews and I see Arabs and I go about my business. And I feel like most people really just want to do that. And then the news makes it a a show. I'm telling you, what you saw on TV, it wasn't like that in real life. 
I don't know where that band was and Jared was. I couldn't hear any of it. You would think there would be something. No. I feel disappointed for you because everyone wants to see that <laughs> charismatic figure, Jared, coming to your neighbourhood. I mean, actually, if there was one person that was going to you know, make a neighbourhood unremarkable, it would be Jared. I mean, he is the <laughs> definition him? of someone that would live in an unremarkable neighbourhood, doing unremarkable things. OMG. So yeah, That's I'm just rude. saying you should feel right at home. I mean, his wife uh, how might dare not you? feel right at home, but I think he would fit in beautifully into this unremarkable neighborhood. Well, I did see him on TV, and he just looks like an adult child. I mean, he has that, <laughs> like, I don't know if he Botoxes. He has not grown into his face, it's true. Not at all. He was so, wearing his big boy pants, but his face still stayed <laughs> so, age So the eight. embassy did not have a an impact on you. Did winning Eurovision have a bigger impact on the neighborhood? So much more. Oh, my God. Netta winning Eurovision and her declaring that next year in Jerusalem to me was way more significant than the embassy. And I say that as an American, look, I do believe that Jerusalem is the capital and I don't think we need to get our panties in a bunch about it. I think it's all these bullshit statements that hold us back. Let's not be defined by our statements. Let's really know each other. I mean, I think you can share the city if and when they ever really wanted to have two states. I mean, we share this city now. Do I think it's really going to happen? No. Why don't I think it's going to happen? I see Hamas killing their own people. That's my opinion of what's going on in Gaza. Mm -hmm. I am a liberal, okay? I'm not a right-winger, although you may say what I say sounds right-wing. I mm -hmm. think if you tell your people to put themselves out there and get killed... To me, that's propaganda. To me, you don't care about your people. I care yep. that the people of Gaza should have freedom, democracy, yep. should have health rights, should be able to become entrepreneurs successfully. And I believe that their own government as a terrorist organization, Hamas, holds them back. And yes. I think that the people living within Israel that are Arabs are second-class citizens. I don't believe they have equal rights in many ways from a societal point of view. But I do believe that they do have freedom. They do have democracy. They do have their health rights. When you're a terrorist who goes and rams people in a car in Jerusalem, you end up in the same hospital with the same treatment and the same health rights and benefits as the people that are in the hospital that you tried to kill. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I don't see that in Gaza and I think that there is this divide there is and I think you're naive to think what's happening in Gaza is only because of Israel I think that would be a very naive way to look at the situation what do you think about that Alex I think that's a uh, pretty fair and balanced assessment yeah I mean you're right absolutely to point out that without being on the ground when all you see are the news reports and there is always the danger that the reporters are looking for the thing that makes the story that is visually exciting and therefore by the very nature of that you are drawn to conflict you're drawn to where the worst things are happening yeah on the other hand you can't get away from the fact of uh, what 55 dead as of last night it might have risen i haven't seen the reports this morning of what the numbers are you have to take a very very hard look at that have how that's happened and then clearly it's not a black and white situation it is not you know, I don't believe for one moment the IDF go out thinking that morning, let's go and kill a bunch of people. That, I don't think for one moment that that's something they want to do. 
I couldn't yeah. speak to what Hamas wanted to do that morning. When you the... say Hamas, it sounds like you said Hamas. Yes. I was like, why? Is he hungry? But I doubt very much that the many of the individuals that were killed, I suspect most of them didn't, or many of them, let's say, didn't go out with the expectation that they would die that day. I can appreciate that they would want to protest and that could get violent. Maybe. Um, you say that, but there's also very much... Now, I don't know how religious they are or how they interpret Islam, but many times to go out and to go out thinking that you will die as a martyr is a mentality. Yes. And again, you understand if you are going to march with thousands of people to the border of Gaza and Israel, Mm -hmm. you have got to be a fool if you think somewhere in the back of your head, you know, if you don't think you're going to die. There's got to be somewhere in the back of your mind. Now, granted, you can turn that on me and say, I rode a bus yesterday from my neighborhood, from the most heated, contentious point of Jerusalem, and we have had bus bombings. So I also, in the back of my mind, thought, I'm getting on this bus. It's faster to get to where I need to go. But in the back of my mind, I would be a fool if I didn't think that there could possibly be a bombing on this bus. Mm -hmm. Because as there has been, not on that particular line, but again, coming from my neighborhood where there have been attacks. You know, one of the most gruesome attacks was last year. My neighborhood, I'll remind you, is surrounded by five Arab villages within Jerusalem. There's no Mm -hmm. walls. There's no fences. We live together. That's it. And a truck came out of one of the neighborhoods and plowed down a bunch of soldiers who were on tour. Uh, One of the things you do as a soldier is you also get cultural activities. And Mm -hmm. they were at a viewpoint of the old city. You can see from my neighborhood, a promenade. And they were plowed down. So I would be a fool and they would be a fool. What I do think is interesting here is Raoul Woodliff, the political correspondent at the Times of Israel. We've had him on the show a few times, a fellow Brit. And he wrote a very interesting piece because what I found was the news is all the same. They're just showing the images. It's all Trump this and embassy that and Gaza this. and, And he wrote actually about how the news was being covered and that there was the split screen, which he refers to back in the second intifada, which was about, it started around 2002 when Mm -hmm. the bombings really started and all of that was going on. There was a soccer match and people were watching it in bars here in Israel and particularly Jerusalem. And there was a bombing in the bar and there was a split screen showing the bombing and showing the match. And at some point, once they understood that there were fatalities in the bars, they went to the full screen of the bars. They made that decision. And people were shocked by how the news decided to show what was going on. Like, Mm -hmm. how could you still have the game going on when people were just ripped to pieces, quite literally? And so, again, he brought that into this with the embassy. And there was a split screen of the beautiful pictures of the embassy and the diplomats and all of that speaking versus, you know, just smoke everywhere in Gaza. And at some point they made the same decision, but this time they were only showing the embassy, the glitz and the glam. And that's very interesting for who we are as a society where you sometimes say, 
you know, does TV dictate us or do we dictate what should be on TV? That's a harsh reality. That's a good point. It was a good point he made. I have nothing to add to a sensible, well-balanced point. (laughs) Well, then let's go back for a second because this was all great. And like I said, I have lots of different opinions on my Facebook feed. It's really interesting how people take this. You know, walking around Jerusalem, by the way, of course, I saw tons of American flags. There's some organization that puts up all these things. Trump make Israel great. And they don't even write again. And I'm like, Israel can be great without Trump. Like, it just makes me physically sick. But going back to Netta, Netta winning Eurovision and what that means for Israel. I think what's so cool about her is how she has embraced how different she is. And she chooses to be an Israeli that shows that side. That, you know, we are still human beings. We should appreciate our differences. She was on a BBC, an interview I saw, which I really loved, where she said, you know, I was the fat kid. I'm still fat. You know, they tell me, you know, longer skirts, hide the fat, wear your black, stop wearing colors. And she didn't do it. And she stuck to who she really was at her essence. And I think it's really hard at your essence to be an Israeli in Eurovision. Yeah. I think also for Australia, because I don't get why they're a part of Europe, but okay. <laughs> and and I think, yeah, it's weird, right? I think that for her to represent Israel and to represent it as so different, not just different as being Israeli, but fat yep. and loud. And they wanted her to be a soul singer. And she's like, no, I'm going <laughs> to you know, do a chicken box sound and that's going to be my thing. And win with that. To me, that's the Israel that I see. That's the Israel I keep wanting others to see. Not this political trash. This is like the soap opera. I want the like my so-called life vision of Israel. Like the real nitty gritty, the real people that are really doing amazing things. And that goes for Arabs too, by the way. That I feel you don't get to really see who people are here because they're also either held back by their own society who's dictating like Hamas and Islam and, you know, like persecute and martyrdom. And then there's like real people here who they're like creative and interesting and they work in Israel with Israelis or making their own companies and whatever it is. And you just don't get to see it. Alex, you're missing out, man. The world (laughs) is missing out. We're running out of time. You know, I will say this just as also a last thought to that. I use Get Taxi, which is an app where you can, you know, order a cab because we don't have Uber because just another fault in the society, I guess. So I actually have to tell you, I've taken many cabs and I really have to be honest here. I prefer being in a cab with an Arab. Let me preface an Arab older man. It's always a man. I don't think there's really women cab drivers here. Mm -hmm. And it's because, and I've talked to them they treat their cab like they treat their house and there's this essence of respect. And Uh I really appreciate that when I go into their cab and it is phenomenal. Israel in particular, I can't speak for the rest of the Middle East, cab drivers are known for being very chatty. Mm -hmm. And it's phenomenal when I'm sitting with this older Arab man and he is so respectful and he's speaking to me in Hebrew and we're sharing. It was a week ago when we had Lagba Omer with the fires. Uh, we yes. celebrate with raging fires. And this poor guy, I don't know what he knows. He says, oh, there were a lot of fires last night. I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, were you worried? Did you think we're coming? You know? And he says, yes, it was uh, Lagba Omer. I mean, it's to me, this is what I wish people could see. 
and we're talking and we're sharing stories and he tells me, I said, do you pray five times a day? Oh, yes, yes. And I love it. I said, how do you love waking up? Oh, I love waking up at three o'clock in the morning. It's so quiet. And he's in a neighborhood right near me. And he said, I love just sitting down with my coffee before the day gets started. I don't bother my wife. I don't make her make me the coffee. So very nice of you. And he enjoys that. And I said, I also woke up really early this morning today. And I actually agree with you. There was something so quiet about Jerusalem at that hour, so serene. And that's where we can connect really as human beings. Is that nice? That is a beautiful sentiment to leave on, I think. Yeah, I'm going to leave on that one. I'm not even going to touch Iran. (laughs) Iran from Iran. We'll get to that on the next one. Iran, Iran. We can talk about that next week. Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like I took over this, by the way. No, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. You felt that? You felt it? You're on the ground, so it's good to hear your opinion. Well, I want to, of course, thank the producer, editor, Scott Kahn, for uh, putting my opinions together in a technical way. Of course, I make my own opinions up. And <laughs> all opinions you your own, yes. They're all my own, especially my ones about you and Buffy. Yep. I want to just remind people the Mideast Beast is a podcast that you can subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from. That's where you can find us as well. We are, of course, online, the Mideast Beast, on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Mideast Beasties. We're everywhere. <laughs> all right? Just stop freaking out about it this has been another episode of the mid east beast podcast <laughs>